What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special edition episode. This is episode 100 of the Hustle and Grime podcast. And I'm sitting here with Noah Bloomberg, as usual. And we got our Canadian friend in the house, Mr. Abstract Blacksmith himself, Lando Novak. Good Lando, day. What's up, buddy? Oh, good you day. know. It's so good to see you, Bob. Oh, hey, bud. It's nice mm-hmm. to see you, guys, eh? How you been? Mm-hmm. Good, good. Hosers, oh, that's bad. Boy. Sweet, we're sweet. just hosers. Oh, hey, got to be careful, man. You're you're south of the south of that forty nine. I think you got to be careful when you start calling yourself hosers. But I'll allow it this time, okay? <laughs> it's actually I'm not that far from pickle. Pickle map quested it today, and it's only three and a half hours. There's that. And where are you, Noah? Uh, I don't know, like latitudinally but i mean i'm probably well actually i know i i'm I'm probably two and a half hours from the canadian border so yeah Ah, you you guys are in you're in yeah man we're we're one short conflict away from being canadians (laughs) (laughs) or or the other way around maybe Uh, yeah (laughs) can't see canada taking over yeah, because I, I can I can drive up to a Soyuz in in about two 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 and a half hours, depending on on traffic. Oh, dude, you live in like the fucking one my favorite place of the world, dude. Like south of Oso- do you, do you snowboard or ski? I used to. I I I don't really much have time anymore. But, Take uh... right off, buddy. Seriously, <laughs> what the hell? Like you live in the mecca of the ski world, dude. Like the Rocky Mountains around there, and oh, oh it's buddy, the, it's the Cascades. But yeah, um, I live probably thirty to forty minutes north of one of the bigger um, ski resorts around here, and then I also live about an hour or so away from kind of i think it's the one of the two biggest uh resorts um stevens stevens pass um, oh yeah ski area i'm i'm only about an hour hour and a half away from there so i have a white whitefish is that near you i don't know about that okay i i that's that's the one that i've always been told if you get south of the border in that area you got to hit up whitefish 
Yeah, <laughs> when I was when I was younger, I spent a lot of time up at Stevens. Um, I I started off snowboarding, and then one day a buddy of mine let me borrow his skis, and man, I just really took to that a lot a lot better. I had a set of twin tips, and I, we used to go up there all the time, and we spent a lot of time on that mountain. That was some good times. What a what a jerk! I've always had a wicked soft spot for Canada, being that they're close, but also. When I was younger, I drank and uh, the drinking, the drinking age in Canada was 18 or 19 and the drinking age here was 21. <clears throat> so yeah. I had two friends serve in Iraq and when they came back from Iraq, we drove up to Quebec city because we were legally allowed to drink there. And we had all had this weird misconception that can Canadians are soft and they're like, you know, passive people. That is not the fucking case. So we're walking around Quebec city. None of us speak French. It's eight o'clock in the morning. We're already drinking. And we see this sticker on a glass door that says ATM. We're like, awesome. We need cash. So we go in, we go through the glass door, walk down the hallway, open another glass door. And somehow we're in a mall. And this, this dude walks past us and he's wearing like red bandana, red shirt, red pants. And me and my buddy, Marcus, who had just gotten back from Iraq? We go, look at that fucking idiot. Bah! <laughs> and we started pointing and laughing at him, not thinking anything of it. Somebody like that would get mocked down here. He he looked ridiculous. Right. And so we didn't think anything of it. About an hour later, we're at this pizza shop. And I go, Marcus, is that that guy out there? He's like, holy shit, it is. And we look out the window, and it's him and five of his buddies. <laughs> all dressed the same. And, yeah, all dressed the same. <laughs> They walk in the pizza shop. They walk past our table, do a loop, go back out the pizza shop. We're like, <laughs> we're like, that was weird. All right. And then uh, so like another hour later, we're at another spot in the city. And I look across the street and it's the same guy. And he's got like 10 dudes now. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, God, is this really going to happen? And there was five of us. Two of them were girls. And I'm like, fuck, this is not going to be good. One of the guys, not the original guy, one of the guys walks across the street, passes us, turns back around, and he walks. Me and Marcus are standing side by side. He walks in between me and Marcus, and he has, like, his shirt tucked into a machete in the back of his pants. Oh, jeez. Gives me the stink eye the whole time he's walking past, just fucking staring at me. And I was like, all right, I understand. We need to, like, disappear real quick. So we called the cab, went to the strip club. We didn't see him again. Dude, that was a nuts trip. We went to the strip club. We got to the strip club around noon, left there at left there at midnight, got back to our hotel, and the hotel next to ours had burned to the ground while we were gone. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's a normal occurrence, eh? Yeah, yeah. We get back and there's like cops everywhere. I'm shit face wasted. And I'm not, I'm like one of them guys that has to apologize to everybody after he's drunk because he makes an ass out of himself. And this cop pulls up to me and he says something, he rolls his window down and says something to me in French. And I go, I don't know what you're saying. I'm an American. Woo! And he just shook it. He just shook his head and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, you know, oh, I was, geez. I was 19 at the time. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then looking back on it, I'm like, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky I didn't, I didn't get stabbed or arrested. 
you hit the stereotype perfect though. I'm an American. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so Lando, one, oh, I got to bring up one more thing. One of the weirdest things, and maybe you can explain it to me. It must be a cultural difference between Canadians and Americans. One of the first bars we went into, it was like eight thirty in the morning, and I sit down at the bar. I don't speak French. The server lady, the bartender, asked me what I want. I said Budweiser, and she goes small, big. I said big. I was thinking it was going to be like a 16 ounce long neck no it was a 32 ounce big boy so i sit there and i start drinking it and i look and on the tvs all around the bar they've got uh like one tv's got soap opera porn soap opera porn soap opera porn and like full-on porn (laughs) and coming from the states that that's not a thing around here so, like, me and my buddies are looking at the TV and looking at each other like, what the fuck kind of place did we come into? Is that, like, would was that something specific to that bar and we just got unlucky? Or is that, like, uh... It's it, funny enough that you mentioned this because I was going to ask you what it was like at the strip club in Quebec City because Montreal is very well noted within Canada to have some of the, like, kind of more, I don't know what the right word for it is, but gnarly strip clubs you if you want if you want to see the the crazy of the craze it's either montreal or vancouver when it comes to strip clubs because it's apparently it's like almost no holds barred when it comes to those places and their strip clubs dude sounds like quebec city's not far off like a a good friend of mine that lived in vancouver was telling me you want to you want to you know be involved in a crazy scenario night at a strip club Vancouver there's certain clubs in Vancouver that are a little on the on the DL or whatever but it's like that it, it's not full out porn on the TV it's full out porn on stage dude dude so I only have two experiences with strip clubs one was here in Bangor Maine the other one was in Quebec City that trip and here the girls have underwear on they have pasties on their nipples and, yeah. and when you get a lap dance, you have to hold on to the sides of the chair. Right. You're not allowed to touch the girls. I went to Quebec City. <laughs> Complete and, opposite. <laughs> oh my God. And we're young, we're young guys. Not oh. not to like not to bring race into it, but my but my buddy Marcus is a good looking black dude. And he had just gotten back from Iraq, so he's all jacked. He's got a fucking wad in his pocket that like his pants were busting out because he had that deployment paycheck. All right. So we're we're throwing money on the stage like it's no big thing. Oh, and dude. All the other guys in the strip club are like old French Canadian dudes. So uh-huh. they all the strippers gravitated to us. They hauled me up on stage, hauled my buddy up on stage. She hauls me up on stage and puts her, <laughs> puts her lady bits right on my cheek. <laughs> she says to me in perfect English too, don't touch me. The security guards will throw you out. Right. Just, just sit back. And I'm like, okay. And after those two experiences, I never needed to go to a strip club again. Ever again. Yeah. Ever again. I was like, that's that's an experience. I don't need to experience that again. That was it was fun, kind of sad at the same time, but yeah. Cool. I can I can move on now. It was definitely in Manitoba, there's a, a no no touchy rule between both the 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 you know patron and the and the get how do what do you patron and guest I don't so 
I went to Toronto and went to one, and yeah, my my experience has been fulfilled, ruined. I don't know what the right way to put it is, but like, holy frick, man, what the hell? Like, it's culture shock when you get into a place where the they're you know hands on, and it's like, what the? This is not what I was expecting. Yeah, uh, she didn't want us touching her. They were not afraid to touch us, which was very much like. I know the whole point of a strip club is to make the strippers to make you think that they like you so that you'll give them more money. But I've dated girls for weeks and not had them try and go as far as these girls did in public. Apparently you need to give them more money. (laughs) We left there like, what just happened? Yeah. And like, even the girls that were with us, they included them. Like Mm -hmm. every, everybody got a turn on stage. Like, it's we insane. backed away from the stage and like they were coming to the table. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like but, the Vegas of Canada, dude. Yeah. And it's an old city too. So it's beautiful. All the architecture is very beautiful. That's yeah. A Quebec city man is like, it's one of the places that a lot of the snowboarders actually go that do a lot of their filming. Um, like the Canadian snowboarding scene, they'll go to Quebec city for filming because of, because of that, you get that picturesque background with the old buildings and the crazy old forts and stuff like that. Did you know that the Americans actually tried to attack Quebec city at one point and failed? Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was 1854 or some shit like that or somewhere around there. That sounds like something we would do. Yeah. Do you guys have oil? We're no. a big fan oh, of yeah. attacking places for oil. That wasn't the case back then. It was more like, uh, let's try to stifle the Canadians and take what's take it all. But I think that's what the case was. But uh, yeah, our oil situation's weird here. <laughs> yeah. And before we, we move on, before we move on from Canada, your last guest was one of my favorite Canadians. Who's that? Mike Jones Knife and Tool, wasn't he on the Forge Side oh, chat? Oh, yeah, we just had him on. That's right, that's right. I just released that episode last night at some point, or yesterday afternoon maybe, I can't remember. Dude, Mike Jones is one of my favorite too, man. Like, fucking stellar dude. He's awesome. Anybody who's not friends with or follow Mike Jones, you're missing out. Right. He's the man. I feel like I've kind of trailed you guys away from your normal thing here, man, and I get you guys back on track with your normal debauchery i did it with stripper stories and almost getting stabbed by canadian blood gangsters (laughs) i didn't know they had bloods in canada i didn't either i thought he was just like a wankster like like j-rock from trailer park boys and so we started making fun of the guy turns out he wanted to stab us Mm. One also, the pizza place we were in, we noticed that the guy out back cooking was drinking beer out of a pitcher, which is which you can't do here. You can't drink on the job in America. And so we were like, oh, this is going to be some good pizza. (laughs) (laughs) He can't necessarily drink on the job here either, but I think Quebec is kind of bends the rules on that. Quebec's like one of those places. I mean, you ain't getting much uh, more old school than that unless you maybe go to Newfoundland, then you get kind of more real there east coast is (laughs) something else my favorite accent from letter kenny is the new the new fees yeah 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 that's a show i haven't had much time to check out to be honest i apologize if you can hear my dog going in the background man this guy's i tried to get him out of here he's not not listening to me you're fine we're a dog friendly podcast if anybody doesn't like dogs on this show they can suck my balls 
All right. I won't be doing that then. <laughs> <laughs> I like dogs. Jason Hartwell hated dogs. I, I always used to give him shit about it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so we that's... can have as many South Park references as we want. I can't yeah. imagine hating dogs, dude. I know, dude. They're like the only things that bring me joy anymore. Like, I'm not a big fan of cats, but I don't dislike them necessarily. I just like, I'm like, I just don't really want one, like to own one. But this guy is going nuts, man. It's like fine. You're, you're fine, man. It's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a... Go ahead, Noah. I, was yeah, man. I, I like all animals. My wife has yeah. cats. I have my dog. <clears throat> I especially like tasty animals, deer, things mm. like that. I, I like that. to eat them. I don't hunt because I feel guilty. Mm. Like if I didn't kill it instantly, like I would feel so bad. You know, if I had to go ch- chase a deer I wounded, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Let's cry together. <laughs> you know, huh? still going to eat you, but. Uh, yeah, oh, we had a man. we had a cat one time that had to be put down. I had to have my boss do it. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the thing. Like, I couldn't. I I don't. I couldn't like. And this is gonna sound stupid, but like, when I go out and hunt, like I can kill an animal. Like, yes, I try and do it as like cleanly and humanely as possible. But like, people that like raise animals to to kill and eat, like whether it's chickens or you know, like cows or whatever. Like I couldn't do that because like if I raised an animal, like I couldn't just kill it and eat it. Like I would feel weird about that. Like it's different, like tracking an animal, like hunting it and stalking it. And like, then, you know, like killing it, like, you know, yeah, I have a lot of appreciation for that animal and I'm going to make sure that none of it goes to waste and, and, and all that. But like raising an animal for that, like, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's a different thing in my mind. I don't know why. Big time. Do do you ever consider the fact that that's there's a there's a crossover to that mentality as to why society in general has changed so much in the last say f- you know fifty years like oh absolutely we're not, we're not doing that anymore and I think like that really changes your me- mental game dude to like put a lot of love and care in something only to kill it so you can eat it you know like. Mm-hmm. Our grandparents have, had a had a different heart per se, right? Yeah, they were. Our grandparents were a lot harder than all of us. Yeah. You know, um, my boss back thirty years ago, you could still make money with pelts here. So, like the fur trade was still an active thing. People were uh, trapping animals, skinning them, and you know, selling the pelts. So, my boss and his dad had this big, big fur trapping operation so as a kid my boss is in his 40s now as a kid he used to thump animals dozens of them every day so to him now he's just so calloused of it he's so desensitized it's like not even a thing for him anymore you know what i mean Mm, okay but for me like if you know i'll put a i'll put a spider outside bro (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, he didn't, he's not doing nothing to me. He ain't hurting me. I'll just put him outside. The only thing that I'll, that I'll kill with impunity is rodents because they'll chew and destroy shit. And even though they're cute and they're mammals, you kind of have to, you know? Yeah. I've killed quite a few rodents, but like, I always feel bad about it, but it's like, okay, like I'm looking at, you know, 
it, it comes up a lot in like working on vehicles. It's like, you know, you'll be working on something, you'll find chewed wires, and then all of a sudden, like a mouse will run by your hand or something like that. And it's like, all right, dude, you could have been out in a field somewhere and you and I would be cool. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're here causing, you know, thousands of dollars worth of damage. And now I have to kill you. Like, this isn't me. This is you. Like, you're, you're forcing me to do this. Like, I'll be out hunting and I'll be sitting in my blind or something like that. And I'll have rodents that'll like, you know, walk up to my feet, smell my boots and stuff, look up at me. And it's like, Hey man, what's going on? You know, like we're buddies. Like you're out here where you're supposed to be. I got no problem with you. Like we're, yeah. we're just chilling, you know? And that actually happens to me more, more often than you think, but like, I'll be sitting in a blind and, and I, you know, talk to rodents and stuff. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, but you know, I'm well, a you person, seem like that so. type of guy to talk to rodents, dude. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, like they'll they'll just like come up and stuff and like you know like sit on my boot or something like that. And it's like yeah, no, we're 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 totally cool here. You're you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're out here in the woods. You're not chewing up the wiring and harness in a eighty thousand dollar Cadillac. We're cool. Like there's no, I got no problems with you here. But when I come across them at work and stuff, I I have to kill you. It's not my fault. Yeah. I've fired up quite a few lawnmowers that hadn't been run in years. And like a rain of mice will come out from under the shroud and like oh, you'll, lift up the sh- you'll lift up the shroud and the ones that got caught in the flywheel will be all mangled and gross in there. And like, it's mm-hmm. nasty. I'm, I'm convinced that within the next couple of years, I'm going to be able to get the chipmunks and squirrels that are around my house to eat out of my hand. Oh, fuck. It doesn't take much to get the chipmunks at that point, dude. It's pretty simple, man. I've, I've had, I've seen it lots up here in Canada where people have chipmunks at the cabins and stuff like that. They'll come right up to you. We had a flying squirrel sitting on our deck eating uh eating well, my mother-in-law puts out like whatever and we had a, fl- a flying squirrel is not normal in our area so when we saw it, it was like holy oh, shit a flying squirrel that's cool yeah but as soon as i opened the door it was like fuck you i'm out of here yeah. hey noah you you work on cars like daily like that's your day job right yes sir do you work for a dealership or do you work in a small shop or how does that work for you but yeah, I work at a Chevrolet dealership. So oh, crazy! So it's, it's a, all it's a decent sized shop, and I work pretty much only on GM products. So great, a lot of uh, a lot of computer stuff nowadays versus uh, mechanical stuff. I'm sure, eh? Um, for a lot of people, yeah. Um, I don't have to deal with um, electronics too much. Um, just kind of the way that it happened as I was going through my career, I just sort of gravitated towards the, uh, the mechanical side of it. So I do mostly engine repairs and stuff. There's one guy at our shop that does, I would say like 90% of like the, you know, the electrical and computer type stuff. And then I do mostly engine repairs. I do a lot of lifters. I do a lot of water pumps on cruises. I do a lot of timing chains, that sort of stuff. So that's the stuff that I like doing. So it's just kind of the way that it happened. Mm, Coolant. Everything I I work on is air cooled. Mm, I I do a lot of coolant testing in my job, dude. And I'm not a fan of glycol at all. It tastes terrible. It tastes terrible. It, when you get it in your cuts, it burns like a motherfucker. Makes your hands feel weird. Like your yeah. skin feels like weird. Yeah. And if you wear rubber gloves so that you don't get it on your skin, the rubber gloves feel weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird shit to work with. And yeah. it's just, you know, not not cool, man. Like, I don't know. It's 
that shit's toxic. So don't want that all over my body, but I don't have much of a choice. Yeah, I don't have much of an issue with with coolant anymore. Like, I, yeah, I don't like it, and like particularly on older vehicles where it smells terrible, it smells like dead fish. Mm-hmm. Um, that sucks. But the stuff that I just I try and stay away from is like brake fluid. That stuff's freaking no fuck yeah. It's 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 nasty stuff. You don't want to get that near you. One yeah. uh, one moron that we worked with one time. Uh, he was trying to be funny, and he uh, he poured some brake fluid into my buddy's water bottle. What? Ooh. What the fuck? Yeah, he wasn't there very much longer after that. That's like the <laughs> Which one? The the one that drank it or the one that put it in the bottle? Fuck. The one that Jesus. put it in the bottle. Yeah. Um he was actually my apprentice at the time. Um the the guy that drank it was my apprentice. Oh and, my god. Uh I had some choice words for the individual responsible and uh I went and spoke with the owner uh shortly after that and I think he was he was gone within uh, within two days. I think he was out of there. If if somebody did that to me, man, it would, I don't know where I would stop. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, he obviously didn't realize how bad that stuff can fuck you up. Oh, no, how, no, how nasty it is. He was very oh, stupid. Um, That's crazy. And uh, yeah, he he did other stupid stuff too. And it was like this wasn't like the only like ridiculous thing that he had done and it's like you know what like i like to have fun at work and like we prank each other and we do stuff all the time you know just random crazy things yeah but we don't try and poison each other you know that's just one thing that we we just shy away from you know well, just generally you know and based off of that i i I run into a little bit of a situation in regards to that because you know i'm i'm starting to bring a couple people into my shop nowadays and it the the fooling around it's it's good and all but it's it's only going to lead to bad outcomes in the long run man and you you know the the wrong individual is always going to take it too far or do something and you you're to gauge who the wrong individual is is can be tough sometimes uh, i had a we had a student when i was in school for welding that decided to fill a water bottle with uh, acetylene and oxygen and light it on fire because, you know, you, you put a tiny little spritz in there and you light it on fire and the bottle will pop and, you know, shoot across the room or whatever. Well, this kid put way too fucking much in there. And when he lit it on fire, it fucking blew up in his hand. And he ended up getting a like a per- it wasn't it didn't do anything to his hand per se, like visually. But the percussion of it, his hand was swollen at least three times the size of it, sh- it should have been. And he was Ooh. just like, holy fuck, my hand, I fucked it. He was crying, dude. And he ended oh, up getting geez. sent to the hospital, lost his uh, lost his place in the course because of it and got told he wasn't welcome back again. And it's, you know, fuck around and find out, right? Yeah, Jeez. I've done that. I've, I've put acetylene and oxygen in a soda bottle and lit it. And made a rocket out of it. I didn't put too much in, though. I'm not an idiot. I just, right. you know, you, all you got to give it is a little. You just tap, tap the lever. That's it. Well, you did you know that if you leave your lines for your uh, oxyacetylene torch filled with oxygen and acetylene, that it's essentially if something happens to it, from what I've been told, and this is according to I think Flame Tech that uh, that was telling me this. That amount of gas is equivalent to what a, a stick of dynamite can do. Holy, yeah! Wow, that's crazy. Well, those, I mean, the, you got to think about how long those lines are. I mean, most of the time when you're using a torch, it's you know you don't have it 
all the way out, but I mean, they're probably 20 foot lines. So if you're thinking about how much acetylene and oxygen you have in there, you know, whenever I'm done using the torch, I always drain out, I close the bottles and then I drain out the lines. Yep. And that's what you're supposed to do. I think um, it is. It kind of sucks because it's a waste of gas in a way, but yeah, but I didn't pay for it. It's the shops, so I don't care. Well, in that case, <laughs> when you're at home, though, that every little bit counts. Yeah. No, that's well, shoot. Even at home, I, I drain when I cause I only have propane at home, but I always drain the line because I got lines for my forge. I always make sure everything's out of there before I put the forge away or anything like that. So even with do propane, you, I don't mess with it. Do you disconnect your lines before you uh, leave the shop? Yes. Yeah, same here. I don't even like leaving my lines hooked up. Yep. Yeah. I have. I yeah, have a propane I, modine for heat out here and I don't leave it on when I'm no. not out here. Oh, for I sure. The, definitely not. I unplug it, shut the valve off. Yeah. I don't even leave my electrical. Like I've got a plug in uh 220 heater, like floor heater. I don't even leave that running if I'm not in the shop. Unless it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to be in the shop in an hour or something. I'll go out there, plug it in and then come back to the house and make some coffee and stuff and then head back out there once it's warmed up a bit. But I got these weird infrared heaters that are mounted to the ceiling of my shop that the previous owner had put in. They work okay. If it's anything colder than minus 10 Celsius outside, I can't heat that shop. I, I, it'll like, I can have those heaters set to 15 degrees. I'll go in there and it'll be at like five degrees, maybe. So, and it'll just continuously drop if it gets any colder, if it warms up at about zero degrees, they can, they can manage the temperature in there between five and zero. And then above that, it's, you don't even need to heat anymore above zero. It's all good. It's not <laughs> anymore. So they're almost useless. I hate it. it. Sucks. I wish I had a nice wood stove in the shop or something. How do you heat your, uh, how do you heat your shop, Noah? Uh, so my little shop actually is I insulated the door. It's just got a, a big shop door. Um, and I just have like a little space heater that I have in there that I can just set the temperature at like 45. So mm-hmm. that's 10 degrees Fahrenheit above freezing, um, ish. And, uh, I just keep that just to keep my stuff from freezing. And then when I'm out in the shop, um, I pretty much am just cold. Um, I just try and oh, yeah. keep it above freezing. So if I've got the forge running, I'm nice and hot, like no problem. Um, but, you know, half the time I'm out there just grinding or, you know, doing other finish work and stuff like that. So I'm just cold. It's, I can't do it fine. cold. I can't. I, that's yeah. I was going to say, man, that's you don't find that like, your hands start to get super stiff on you and stuff like that if you're cold. Yeah, for sure. And but you uh, just push through like it. <laughs> He's like, I ain't no pussy. Yeah, Yeah, it it, it sucks. I'm definitely a lot less productive when it's that cold. Although, like, I got to say, like, lately, it's been it's been like 30 and above for like the last two weeks. It's so much easier to be out there in the shop, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, basically, like, here's kind of like where I've decided, like, I'm okay. Anywhere from like 20 degrees to 100 degrees, because like, we have huge temperature swings here in central Washington. Right. So like it gets below 20. Um, I'm not cool with that. Like that's, it's too cold. My body can't acclimate it. Like every time, like in, 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 in like when winter starts and when winter uh, and when summer starts, like there's a big, like 
section of time where it takes me. Like I have to acclimate to that, that new weather. Mm-hmm. And once I acclimate, I can be okay around 20 degrees, you know, like I can accept that and like, yeah. I'm fine with it. But once it gets to be like, I don't know, minus eight, like it was a month ago, like I, I can't do that. Like I just, oh. I'm not, I'm oh. not, uh, I'm, I'm not okay with it. You know, and I know that, you know, you Canadians are just sort of like, yeah, you know, screw you, man. That's, that's how we live. But, uh, minus but for eight, me, like t-shirt weather. I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. And then above a hundred, like that's where I start to not, not be able to function well, like up to a hundred, like I'm good. It'll take me a little bit to, to acclimate to it, but you know, like that's fine. You know, a hundred degrees is fine. But when it gets to be up like 110, 112, like, ah, I'm just not having fun anymore. Yeah. Is it trying to, sorry, you're, you're trying to focus and like the sweats tickle in the sides of your face. You're like, oh, I can't stop what I'm doing. You got epoxy on your hands or something. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, it's too hot. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's just one thing breathing, I... you know? Like, I can't breathe oh. very well once it's once it gets to be up above 110. Like, it's just, ugh. I, like, I'm the type of guy, like, I usually work pretty damn hard for the most part if I'm working type thing. And that heat, man, just it stifles that, you know, you you're like, I want to get going and you start pushing yourself and then you just get way hotter. And it's like, no, I can't. I need to kind of need to chill out a little bit. I'm, I'm working too hard. I'm sweating too hard. And then you try to push yourself back into that. that well, it's that zone that you're you're used to working in that that's rate of speed or whatever. And then next thing, next thing you know, you got freaking heat stroke. You're like, holy fuck, I feel sick. I push myself too hard and mm-hmm. got to take a couple days off. I don't like it when my clothes feel wet. Right. Like when you've been sweating so much, your shirt's soaked or your pants are soaked and they're stuck to you. I hate that feeling so much. That's yeah. the only thing I don't have out here is is an air conditioner. I don't understand my- how guys in Florida do it, dude, man. Doesn't make any sense oh, to me. Oh, yeah, same here. And that's the thing that I love about the place that I live is it's dry. So, like, oh, I, I grew up over on the coast in Washington where it's always humid. Ugh. And I could just never stand it. Like, I couldn't breathe. Like, my asthma just, like, right. it's so freaking bad. But over here, it's dry. You know, 100 degrees in the dry, like, that's no problem. But in, like, Florida, like, down south, over, I can't do that. That's not not cool. I couldn't do it. When pickle went down cool and thing, Good. When pickle went down and spent the week with house, the house had to put an industrial fan in the shop for pickle. Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Because <laughs> he's not acclimated to Florida weather. He's a Canadian. Oh fuck. That's, yeah, I've, I've got a I've got a window on one end of my shop, and I put a, one of those little like window unit AC in there. And if it's you know 100 degrees or whatever, just have that thing blasting with the door closed. It's no problem. Even like if you're forging or is that just for doing like knife handle stuff or whatever? Oh, no. Actually, when I'm forging, I'll leave the door open because I don't want to die. Um, well, there's the that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just have the door open. And then like while I'm waiting for the steel to heat back up, I'll just like walk over and stand in front of the, the AC unit, just get some cold air blasting on me and then steel's heated up back to it. And it's just like that, that little uh, little breath of cold air that you need in between. And that works just fine. Interesting. See, I thought about doing that. I thought about putting a uh, air conditioner in the window as well. But then I thought to myself, you know, I feel like it's double negative. On one end of the shop, I'm running a heater. And the other end of the shop, I'm running an air, air conditioner because, you know, the heater being the forge, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not very, uh, what would be the term, energy efficient? 
Right. You know, like when, when it's a hundred degrees outside and you're trying to forge, you need something to help you cool down. You know, like it's, it just gets to be stifling. Don't let Greta know about that. Mm. You'll end up in jail. Right. Like top G. Very angry (laughs) with me. (laughs) Uh, People are dying. Do you guys, do you guys ever get to feeling like what we do is almost like wrong in a way because of that? No, never. No, I don't forge though. Oh, yeah. So but just, I'm not... the, just the use of steel and whatnot. Like there's, there's parts to me that kind of look at what we do, at, well, especially the artistic side, you know, like, does it need to be done? No. That's a lot of steel being used for something that doesn't need to be done. But maybe I can change your mind. Maybe you could look at it like what we make is not disposable. We make a knife and there's a good chance that that knife is going to get passed down to the customer's children or grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You know, we're making heirloom quality pieces. I know you're making like all sorts of stuff, but nothing that uh, any of us makers make is disposable. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So like, right. We're, we're definitely better than the Chinese factories pumping out garbage, stainless butter knives that are going to end up in a landfill in five years, you know? Oh, it's, you gotta, you gotta appease the masses, right? Can you do? I mean, we, we could go back to flint napping. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wonder about that. You know, I look at the, the level of, of where we're at in this world and, the idea of trying to go green and everything like that. And it's like, man, you really want this to pan out to be a green world. We pretty much got to go back to the stone ages. Yeah. We need like a real plague. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys talk about politics and religion on your podcast? We really, we really try not to. We had one political episode back when Jason was the host and I went back and looked through the analytics, and it was actually the highest viewed episode. Oh, crazy. Yeah. It's That's funny. Dicey shit. People like to hear the dicey dice, right? But I don't know. We try to strive away from it big time on our podcast because I got views that can really freaking ruffle some feathers. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. me and you have similar political leanings. Right. I think. I'm pretty I sure. Think- I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I got an AR-15 for Christmas. That'll ruffle some feathers. Well, that's cool, dude. Yeah, my wife bought it for me. Thanks, honey. Uh, I have very strong political opinions, and I just don't feel the need to to throw them out there, especially whether it comes to my knife making or whatever it is. And I know there's some there's some makers out there that do. And actually, there's some out there that you know kind of agree with me, and there's some that don't. And I, you know good on you for, you know, doing what you feel like you need to do, you know, like if people have strong opinions that they think, you know, need to be shared and and they have the clientele that is accepting of that, you know, like good for you, you know, like, I don't care. Like I have, I have customers, I have, you know, fellow knife makers and other craftspeople that have different views that they'll share. And that's totally cool. If that works for you, I just don't feel the need to, to, put my political opinions out there as part of, you know, who I am as a knife maker. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not, I just don't feel it necessary. Like I am trying to 
you know, create knives that I want everyone to buy. I don't want to try and alienate anyone because of some, you know, stupid opinion that I have. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I just don't feel it necessary. And, and the world climate we live in, um, basically since Trump was elected worldwide, we've just been shoved political bullshit down our throats from both sides. Uh, Everywhere you look, it's something else new to be mad about or somebody else new to be mad at. And I think as a whole, as people, we're all just really sick of it. So like, I don't even want to like have those discussions with people. That's where I've gotten lately. I was like, you know, for a couple years there, it was like, you guys, you're not like, it's like you're not paying attention or something. And then it got to a point where it's just like, I don't even want to fucking talk about it anymore. This is fucking banging, banging my head against the wall for nothing. You know? Yeah. I it's would, more I would friends and be, family. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and I used to have lots of political discussions with people around me and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're both coming at it, you know, where you're in a position where you're going to listen to what the other person has to say and have, you know, a decent discussion and, and share opinions and, and be able to look at it from the other person's point of view, mm-hmm. then that could be really enjoyable. And, you know, like you can get some different perspective because, you know, as human beings, we look at the world from our point of view, you know, everyone's the main character in their story. Like that's the uh, way that most people see the world. That's so, right. Being able to look at something from a different perspective is is really healthy and it's really good. But man, lately it's just been everyone's so polarized and they can't see things from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really feel like having that discussion anymore. I hear you, bud. I hear you. That's it. Right there. Motherfuckers. <laughs> so anyways, um, do we want to shout out another uh, sponsor of the show? Uh Maybe we should put some distance between that last clip. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with the Phoenix Abrasives. All right. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by phoenixabrasives.com, your one-stop abrasive shop. They stock all the abrasive belts you need in all sizes. They also offer knife-making kits, which have all the goods you need in one kit, as well as hand sanding and buffing materials. Go to phoenixabrasives.com. And use the code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your order. There you go, guys. That's Luke from Crafty Man Forge with a K. Go follow him on Instagram. He is a new knife maker. Um, he's I had spoken to him just this morning, actually. And so he's been blacksmithing for a couple of years, and he's just recently gotten into knife making. So uh, go check him out. Show him some love on Instagram. Um, he's going to be doing some more ad reads for us, and we really appreciate him jumping in there to do that. And um, go to phoenixabrasives.com. And uh, if you go in the upper right-hand corner, click that shop button, and then you can select all the different uh, abrasives that they have. Um, They have that incinerator belt that we were talking about last week, and they stock those gator belts that me and Ryan are always talking about. Um, And uh, use that code HUSTLE10 when you go check out. Unfortunately, the Trizac belts are about to go up about 50%. You're kidding. What? That's what I was. That's what I was told by an inside source. All abrasives oh, are going no. up. 3M is going up by fifty percent on all products. Wow! All right, so go now and get yourself some <laughs> tri hacks. Yeah, <laughs> before the price change hits. So I don't Jeez. know what kind of stock Greg has over at Phoenix or what Lawrence has over at Maritime. Where you know, because whatever you have in stock, that'll be at the old price, and then. Once you start buying new stock, that'll be at the new price. So 
sure. The length of time depends on how much they have on hand, but that's the word on the street is that prices are going up on abrasives too, just like everything else. I mean, that's the, that's the right way to do it for your customers. I guess you could say is to keep on rolling out the old prices from your old stock, but on a business sense, wouldn't it be smarter to start rolling out the new prices on your old stock as soon as possible, right? It would be greedier, that's for sure. Uh, it tends Ethic- to be the way. <laughs> yeah, ethically, you should do it the way I said, but yeah. who knows? If only um, the whole world worked on ethics, eh? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's don't awesome. Bring it, us back. Don't bring that, us back. We're already sending <laughs> But that that's that's super awesome if he does if he if he is doing that though, man. I mean that that's I've I've dealt with a company here in Winnipeg that's done that with steel prices that I or I call them up and hey, I'm looking for this specific piece of steel. Oh, awesome, Lando. We've we've actually got that piece in stock from months ago and I can give you old pricing on it versus our new pricing. It's like, holy fuck, that's I can't believe you're doing that for me. That's amazing. So, yeah. Just keep the margins the same and it works out for that way for everybody. So, uh, we talked last week, or at least I did, about how we want to try out some new segments and um, keep things, you know, fresh and interesting. So, <laughs> coming up here, we're going to have three separate segments. And so, one thing that we've tried in the past is we've done like a fake headline. So, I'll read out three stories and you guys got to pick out which one is the fake one. Um, The classic Florida man or fraud, which was, is this really Florida man or is this from somewhere else in the country? Um, So we're going to keep those. We're just going to kind of rotate them out. Lando messaged me earlier in the week with an idea for a new, new segment. And this new segment is going to be called, was Lando involved? And it just so happened that Lando's on the show today. So we're going to introduce this new segment right now with Lando here. Lando's going to read off a story that may or may not involve him. Ryan and I, I'm actually, I've never been on this end of it before, but Ryan and I are going to get to guess along with all you lovely people at home, whether or not Lando was involved because fun fact, Lando lives in the murder capital of Canada and has dealt with all kinds of uh, unique situations in his life. Apparently, (laughs) Oh, dude, I can't believe you're, are you actually going to roll this out as a regular segment? Like from now on, like, I thought we were just going to do it like a a one-time thing or whatever here. Oh, well, I, I, I've got whatever story you're about to roll out right now. And then I got that other one that you sent me. So as long as you keep feeding me, I'm going to keep feeding the listeners. So holy shit. Okay. uh, Wow. I I don't don't know how much, I don't know how much material you have. But, uh, but you know, Life's and I'm not saying we're going to do this like every week or anything like that, because I still have those other segments that I, that I really enjoy doing. Uh, you but, could call uh, it the little Lando shop of horrors. <laughs> Lando <laughs> shop of horrors. Feed me Seymour. Okay. I got to remember that movie. Rick Moranis. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Rick Moranis is the shit, man. Fucking, uh, he is actually, um, one of the uh, Canadian co- comedists that I've I've always gravitated towards. My fucking dude's a, a legend. He uh, he has my ultimate respect. He gave up Hollywood wealth and fame to take care of his sick wife. Yeah, there's, there's not a more manly thing on the planet, right? Okay, sure. so small issue on my end is I I don't have my phone on me, and I'm trying to bring up the story here. Freaking, I can't. Uh, 
can't figure out how to get my thing to scroll on my wife's computer here. I'm using my wife's computer, not mine. Can you, do you want to pause it for a second? I'll run and go grab my, my uh, cell phone. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I didn't pause it. We'll just keep yeah, going. Yeah, we'll just keep going. It's fine. So anyway, so yeah, so so this is just kind of a uh, an interesting thing that Lando sent me the other day, and and I I immediately thought it was hilarious. So he he sent me one story um, the other day, and I thought it was awesome. But I know the answer to that one, so I'm going to read that one off maybe next week. Um, so we'll have some uh, we'll have some new segments to keep you listeners entertained. Um, I definitely oh, want. Uh, what's that? Going back to Luke real quick. So we've been we've been searching for somebody to do our Patreon pitch. I was unaware that Luke could do accents. He sent me six different Patreon pitches, two two Irish ones, an upper crest British one, a Liverpool accent, an Australian accent, and Kermit the Frog. I cannot wait to hear these. That that I, I can't even believe. I mean I'll email them to you when I we get off the show, so you can help me pick one. I'm told I think the second Irish one or Kermit is what I'm going with. But we'll, I think we I'll just need to help. rotate them out. I think the listeners they need to hear all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, I just walked back into, but I think so too. <laughs> they're they're really good, man. He like Luke's got a little side uh, talent, if you will, with the voiceovers, doing accents and everything. I got to say that that advertisement with Koi at the beginning, spot on, guys. Well done. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was pretty much all Koi. I mean, no. I I asked him to do it, and he was like, hell yeah. And then him and Noah worked together on the script. And Noah basically just plagiarized fucking Koi's uh, opinion on the machines and then just added, hi, I'm Koi Baker from Baker Fortune Tool to the yeah, front. Yeah, honestly, and- I... Yeah, so I, I shot him a message asking him, you know, hey, could you give me an idea of like how you guys use these machines? And it actually started because I just happened to see in one of their reels that they were using the Ameribraid surface grinding attachment. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's the surface grinding attachment, you know? So uh, so we reached out to them. And so all the opinions that you heard in the beginning of of Koi uh, talking about Ameribraid, those are all his honest opinions. And those are all what he really thinks of Ameribraid and and we're again we're so happy to have them on as a sponsor and we truly believe in their products and I feel like if they're good enough for Koi Baker from you know all the ridiculous stuff that, that they pump out on a daily basis I feel like they're good enough for you guys at home so fuck yeah man I I appreciate genuine advertisements like that versus guys that bring on who knows what for an advertisement. And you just tell that there's no genuine connection there, man. Koi's a freaking dude and a half for what he's doing, man. And uh, it's awesome that you guys got him involved, man. Yeah. He could have easily said, no, he got nothing out of it. You know what I mean? I don't have anything I can offer somebody on that level. You know what I mean? So he's, he believes in Ameribraid so much that he's like, I have no issue with doing this for you guys. You know, I'm like, you're the man. Thank you so much. I wouldn't say he got nothing out of it because getting your name out there is huge, dude. And just being part of the community can help so fucking much with that. Yeah, I guess it is. He gets a he gets a free shout out on every episode, you know, because that's ads going to play on every episode as long as we're sponsored by them. Exactly. For at least a year. 
So uh, headline note of the newspaper reads, city officials have been tasked with installing signs in the downtown area warning individuals not to climb city structures or they may face a fine. Earlier this week, city officials were seen installing new signage in the area of downtown known to be busy for its pubs and nightclubs. When asked why the city mayor returned with the message, there has been a rash of sightings lately in this area where individuals are climbing the street poles and exposing themselves to the public. Police are concerned for the safety of pub goers while they continue to investigate the sightings, but for now, signage will be installed as a precaution. The mayor also may note that individuals caught climbing city structures could face a uh, charge of mischief and vandalism, but no charges charges have been laid yet. So, so they were installing signage saying not to climb the street poles because people were climbing the poles and exposing themselves to uh, to passersby. That that's what the uh, that's what the uh, article is indicating. Yeah. Okay, and so so we have to guess if you were involved. So the thing is, is that we don't necessarily know how you may have been involved, but you may have been involved in this story. I might have been. Might it's have possible. been. So so we have to we have to guess. Well, Ryan, I, I, what, what are your thoughts? I think it would be I, best if you tried to guess if I was involved. How I may have been involved. Okay. All right. All right. I don't get flasher vibes from you. So I don't necessarily, now I could be totally wrong because we've never met face to face, but I don't necessarily think you would climb a light pole and flash your wiener to strangers. Fair enough. You do have a very technical job. So there's a chance maybe you were the one installing the signs or designing them possibly. Okay. Okay. We're on to something here, buddy. We're possibly onto something. See, if I remember correctly, Lando works for an auto company mm-hmm. on, right like now. The engine, engineer and design. Well, but he's been doing that for a while, I think. 14 years now, bud. 14 years. Uh, so I suppose it could have been before that. I mean, we don't know when this happened. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I do get flasher vibes from Lando. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to – you you can take that however you want, buddy. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that you were involved, and, and I'm going to say that you were the one climbing the poles. Okay. Two separate opinions here. The story is not completely genuine. No signs were ever installed, but there was definitely sightings of a gentleman climbing the pole and uh, mooning – a very large um, crowd. Yeah. Mooning is different. I've yeah. mooned people. Yeah. From the top of a 40 foot pole downtown? No, I'm, I'm afraid of heights, actually. Yeah. yeah. Heights, bats, and the ocean. Those are my three fears. That happened. So you, you, bats, didn't, you, eh? didn't, you didn't tell us if you were involved, though? Well, I didn't, get ar- I didn't get arrested. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so you were involved. So I was correct. No, no charges have been laid yet. <laughs> uh, so, so hopefully the uh, the statute of limitations has run out on that one. I'm guessing. I would say so. They they removed the pole for whatever reason. That specific one. There was a couple of them on that. Uh, it was on Main Street, right by what's known as the Forks, and there was some like really crazy poles with all sorts of like shit sticky. They were kind of artistic, which kind of sad that they're not there anymore. And I hopefully hope that wasn't my doing. 
<laughs> but sounds uh, like it was. They see, were it was easy, the, easy to climb. <laughs> it was the wording that threw me off because they say exposed himself, and I don't consider mooning exposing yourself. Yeah. When yeah. I hear expose yourself, I think of like a flash or flash in his dong. The full thing, mm, yeah. The full Monty. Yeah, yeah. Full wiener, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, well, see, this the problem is is that I would try to do that and there's nothing to see, so people wouldn't there would be no exposure. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be like, Oh, did he pull his pants off or not? I can't tell through all the hair. <laughs> We should do a podcast only uh, crazy episode, uh, like an episode of crazy shit we all did when we were younger. Oh, God, I can imagine, dude. I, I can imagine based off of some of the stuff that I've heard you talk about your upbringing and stuff like that. Stories are probably crazy on your end, too, dude. Yeah. yeah me well, and my, no, you know, I yeah. think you're, you're, you're like you're kind of sh- like not the same, man. I don't know. I feel like maybe you don't have these crazy stories. Shut up, uh, bamboo skewers or my hand when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I, uh, out my head. I got that beat. Oh, I'm sure you got that beat, but uh, that's I'll just tell the you the story. In my head. It might be why I'm so into knives now. Oh, boy. Here we go. When I was, uh, I think, about eight years old, I was sitting against a tree. Now, this is a complete accident, people. I wasn't, this wasn't on purpose. I'm not a psychopath. And I was whittling a stick and my older sister kept hitting me in the face with one of them red dodgeball balls. You know, the ones I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. And She just kept like going and grabbing it and just winging it right at my face while I'm whittling the stick. And I said, Rachel, don't throw that. Don't throw that fucking ball at my face again. And she wung it at me and I stuck the knife out to pop the ball and it went clean through the ball and clean through her hand. Oh, right in right there. Came out between the bones right there, and she just screams bloody murder with my Swiss Army knife still sticking out of her hand and runs back to the house. And I wasn't allowed to have a knife until I was an adult, until I moved out of my mom's house. Fast forward to that. Fast forward 30 years, and you decide to do it to your own hand with a drill bit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I sent Lando the picture of the fat on the drill bit. I don't even think I responded to it, did I? I don't think so. I was too busy fucking cringing, man. <laughs> like, oh. I showed everybody at work. I was like, oh my God, look what the fuck happened to my buddy's hand. <laughs> Dude, it looks yeah. like bacon fat. It's gross. Yeah. At first, you're like, man, whatever. Then you see the bits left on the drill bed, and it's like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because the wound didn't look bad. It, you know, it's like a little triangular shaped cut on the side of my thumb, but it was like two and a half inches deep. Jeez, and the bit was spinning when it went into my hand. So, like, my hand when it was healing, my hand was all bruised and tender. Like, I'm a small engine mechanic; I couldn't like fucking turn a wrench with my left hand because yeah, you I have to grip it with your thumb. Things. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, do we want to do a little episode of some Florida Man action? Do it sure. up. Yeah. Oh, All right. That's me. My cue. Yep. That's, that's you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to play. Is it Florida Man or Fraud?
That's right, guys. It is time to play everyone's favorite game, Florida Man or Fraud. Um, this this week, we are doing a true Florida Man or Fraud. I bring you three stories. One of these is fake news. It is fiction. It is fraud. You are going to have to tell me which one of these is not real. We begin. Armed robber attempts to rob convenience store is immediately shot by every customer inside. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Surveillance video shows at 9 p.m. at a pharmacy on Avena Avenue, an armed robber entering the store wearing a motorcycle helmet while several customers wait in line. He points his gun at a woman behind the cashier. Behind, ugh, the woman behind the cashier. Quickly, the patrons notice what is happening, and the man is shot dead at the scene. Uh, there was an ambulance called, but it didn't matter because he was dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woman tries to sneak four foot emotional support boa constrictor onto a plane at Florida airport. A woman was caught trying to take a four foot boa constrictor onto a plane, claiming the reptile was a emotional support animal. The woman had placed the snake in her carry on luggage and clearly didn't warn the TSA agents about the reptile before they put her bag through the x-ray machine. When they spotted the slithery passenger curled up in her luggage, the woman claimed the snake named Bartholomew was necessary for her mental well-being on the trip. And lastly, we have man fights off charging crocodile with a frying pan. Shane Chambers told the reporter they were trying to leave the lodge they were staying at when the crocodile was blocking the path. The owner was worried about our safety, so he grabbed a frying pan to shut to to shoo the croc away. The video shows as the crocodile begins to charge, he smacked it in the snout twice. Nice. So are we supposed to guess, I've listened in the past and I always thought that the whole premise was this, is to guess whether or not it actually happened in Florida or not. Yes, so there's some confusion on this because uh, basically what we're going to do is we're going to have two separate segments so we're going to have this one is just fake headline basically we're going to rename it um so one of these one of these is completely fake the other two are real okay um, florida the original florida man was guessing whether the perpetrator was from florida or not so just to keep things different we're changing it up so so i gotta guess the fake story the fake yeah. story we got man fights off charging crocodile with a frying pan Woman tries to sneak four-foot emotional support boa constrictor or armed robber attempts to rob convenience store is immediately shot by every customer inside. I'm going to go with story number one being fake. The armed Uh, robber? robber. Yeah, being shot by every customer kind of throws me off a little bit. The other two seem Uh, totally feasible to me. You've never been to Texas. Well, (laughs) this, this is the issue. I'm Canadian, so there's that level of feasibility is lost there. Yeah. I think the boa is the fake story because some states Lando are stand your ground states. So if you feel threatened, you have the legal right to shoot somebody on the spot. I, I, I do realize this. I also realize that keeping snakes is like this, this thing people do down in the States. Uh, it's, it happens here in Canada, but it seems like it happens more often in the States and people run into issues with that. And then smacking a crocodile on the face. Well, I mean, that's no different than smacking a bear on the face. And that happens here all the time. So, yeah, I'm going with yeah, the gun. People, people do collect creepy stuff. I get a buddy who collects exotic spiders. There, uh, there you go. That's right? messed up. Right. I'm like, what? Yeah. 
He's like, you want to come hold one? I'm like, fuck you. No, I ain't holding no tarantula, bro. Get the fuck out of here. What the hell, man? You're weird. <sighs> he posted a video of like a tarantula nest with like thousands of little tarantulas in it with a, like a heart sign. And I posted a gif of a guy with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm going right, to stick with so, it, though. What do you, I'm sorry. What, you're sticking with the, uh, with the, the snake one? All right, Might and Lando, you're, you're, you're sticking with the uh, armed robber attempts the convenience store? You got it. What do we got? All Where right. Lando is correct. Oh, I knew it. There's no way everybody just, shot yes. him. I they was just hopeful. <laughs> every, you get everybody shooting one dude, somebody in that crowd is going to sh- turn around and shoot the other guy too. Yeah, there was this There was this picture. Uh, it was It was... It was a real picture, but the, the the whole story was fake that I found. And so anyways, that's what I went with. Um, the uh, four-foot emotional support boa constrictor was uh, courtesy of Pickle from Pickle Cutters. So uh, thank you, sir. And the uh, fighting off the charging crocodile with a frying pan, that was uh, courtesy of KH Daily. So that thank you, in, That happened in Florida, right? Uh, no, that would have been an alligator in Florida. That was actually uh, an Australian story. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, see, as a Canadian, we don't, well, for me anyways, I barely even know the difference between a crocodile and alligator. So yeah. I All think I know crocodiles are a lot different. Yeah, their snouts, like a crocodile has the thin pointed snout, and right. they're a lot meaner. Okay. Crocodiles you- are more aggressive. And you guys well, get that in, alligators? In Australia, they got saltwater crocs, too. Oh, crazy, yeah. Mm. So, I, hey, I've got another uh, another one for you guys here. Oh. A, um, a 26-year-old man faced a whopping fine and probably the wrath of his mother when he was busted traveling 142 kilometers in an 80 zone on Highway 100. The speedster, who was also driving without a valid license, told police the Mercedes he was driving belonged to his mother. Was Lando involved? Yes. I have to say yes. Sorry, guys, I wasn't. Respect, Respect my mom more than that. That happened here. A kid got pulled over in Southern Maine doing like 160 miles an hour. Yeah. He had just gotten his license and his dad let him take out his car and he fucking got pulled over on the interstate doing like a buck 60. What kind of car? I don't know. Well, in high school, my good friend had a 25th uh, anniversary edition Trans Am. T-tops, fucking gorgeous cherry red color. Just one of the most beautiful cars I've ever freaking been in leather, gray leather interior. We were doing 260 down the highway in that thing, man. 260 kilometers, kilometers. Yeah. Not oh, I was going to say, uh, what now? I was like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Like a rocket car. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, that was crazy, dude. I've, I mean, I know you can go a lot faster than that in a vehicle, but holy fuck, man, that's a stock vehicle, dude. Like, bought off the lot nothing done to it hey what's that in american Mm, i don't know i think 60 miles is 100 kilometers so 120 miles would be 200 kilometers so we're probably looking at something like 140 miles an hour okay yeah that's pretty fast yeah i remember the first time i was going 161 161 miles an hour 
Nice. That's too fast, man. That's like you hit a fucking banana peel. Yep. And you're you're going off the road. Yep. Definitely. I remember the first time I went 140 miles an hour. I was in the passenger seat of a vehicle that I won't describe. Uh, while the driver, who I also won't describe, uh, was uh, there may have been some flashing lights behind us, and uh, we were going 140 down the highway with the headlights turned off uh, on the on the shoulder passing cars. Whoa. That was <laughs> yo. That was pretty intense. <laughs> yo. Damn, dude. Yep. It's, it's one of those ones where like, you know, like something goes wrong. They don't I don't think they're going to care very much that you're the one in the passenger seat. I don't yeah. think it's going to matter too much to them. No. Ouch, ouch. <sighs> yeah. Crazy. Definitely. Crazy shit. Yeah, I'm not involved with that individual anymore. I the yeah. Uh, <laughs> the f- the first repair job I ever had was fixing vacuum cleaners and it was for like a Kirby vacuum distributorship, you know, the pyramid scheme where they like yeah. con-, con people into buying $2,000 vacuums. Well, I worked in the office fixing trade-ins and whatever, and they had like this big Kirby rally down in Massachusetts. And so me and a bunch, I was in the backseat and a bunch of salesmen, we all piled in a car that our boss had rented for us and we're doing like a buck 20 down i-95 just they're weaving in and out of cars looking for cops and they must have cut off the wrong dude because this guy in this huge ass truck we're doing 120 miles an hour pulls up beside us and his buddy hangs out the window and hucks a full coffee onto our windshield (laughs) oh (laughs) love it yeah I was like, oh, oh my God, we're going to die. You know, because the wipers, they don't immediately clear cream-filled coffee off your oh, windshield. Yeah. That, was, that was a scary moment. What, he was fucking pissed. So whatever the driver did, I was just trying not to die. <laughs> I, was sitting, I was sitting in the back like, oh, my God, dude. A little bit of owner Kegler there for you, eh? Yeah. yeah. Guys, I'd love I, to get I, him I on. A, I have a thing about being a passenger in a car from, from that point on. It's not my Any, favorite. I, I like I like to be behind the steering wheel. I like to be in control. Anytime I ever hear somebody say "try not to die" or something along those lines, I just instantly think of Onar and his online presence of dies in every film. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get him on. I'm a big fan of his content and his accent. Right, his yeah. content's We're, the freaking best. I I love yeah. it when he's he's putting something in the acid and he's like rubbing the rubbing the knife or something like that. It's always hilarious. So somehow, if anybody lets Owner Kagnar know that the Hustle and Grind would love to have him on, I am fully okay with putting subtitles on an episode um, in case nobody can understand him. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand him for the most part. It's not that bad. I think I can, too. I'm a I'm a big fan of a lot of boxers and MMA fighters from that area who have that deep, like Manchester British accent. It's a gnarly accent dude yeah the, the liverpool hardest, the hardest like, thing for me is some of the slang that he throws out and it's like wait was he saying that as like a good thing or was that like a bad thing i'm not yeah. sure what he's saying there yeah like a boot is the trunk the trunk of a car well right? see i watch top gear so i'm used to that it's just like all the other random stuff that he says that i just have no idea yeah i like guy Ritchie movies so 
Hmm. I'm used. I'm used to that yeah. snatch and whatnot. Do we? Uh, do we want to like take a couple seconds and mention like knives or making or anything before we end this podcast? I was going to say we, we still got to play maritime knife supply. Barely talked about like what we're doing in the shops or anything like that right now. You guys been pretty busy in the shop lately, or? I'm extremely busy. I just got another batch of 50 ordered. And <clears throat> Love that money. Love that money. <laughs> but I got to, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. I got to, I'm waiting on the supplies now. And so yeah. I've got, you know, custom orders on top of that, probably eight or nine customs that are going out. Um, might have something big in the works with a uh, certain UFC fighter. I don't want to say it. And if it doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Cause then they're sure. weird. Yep. But, Somebody reached out to me interested in carrying like certain knives of mine on their website. Nice. So. Awesome, dude. Yeah. What about you, Lando? What have you been up to in the shop? Uh, working on a bunch of uh, rose orders actually right now and some fire pokers that I got to do as well. Uh, just some, and I got some other random stuff that I'm working on for myself. I've been trying to work on this uh arbor like a like kind of like a entrance arbor type thing or whatever yeah something i started working on a few years ago and then with the move and everything it kind of got put off to the side and i'm finally diving back into it i started a couple weeks ago diving back into it so i'm playing around with that got a few things i gotta kind of figure out how to do that will also fall into conjunction with other projects that i'm working on which is really good um, for example, I want to do like I'm putting all sorts of different flowers on this arbor. I don't want to just, you know, like one flower. I want to do a whole bunch of different types of flowers. And by doing all these different types of flowers for the arbor, it's opened me up to learning how to doing different flowers. And because I'm now I know how to make these flowers. Now I can offer them to customers as well. Top it off with stuff like uh, I want to do some hummingbirds, some squirrels, um, I'd like to do, get into doing like little creatures like that. Like, I don't know if you guys know who uh KV artist blacksmith is from, from uh, great Britain. Um, Katie Venturis. She's absolutely an amazing artist blacksmith, her and Eric Strauss. I follow very diligently and the work that they do. And I fall in line <clears throat> with that style of work. I feel I do anyways. I don't necessarily produce what they produce at this point yet, but that's where I'd like to see myself go. So uh, I've been working a lot on building up the tooling that I need in order to go on that route, building up the um, the knowledge that I need to go on that route. And now I'm starting to put it, starting to apply that in my shop and uh, seeing the uh, the fruition of it is, is, is just amazing, man, because for so long, I've been kind of like, you know, not really producing greatness I, I don't know how to put it but like even my wife and my my brother and a few other people have mentioned to me like dude lately all of a sudden you're like making all these amazing things like where did this come from i was like i was kind of able to make all these amazing things all along i just didn't have the stuff i needed to make them and now i've got the stuff to make them so it, now it's you know now it's starting to work out so yeah, that's pretty much what uh, – and I've got a, a girl that's been coming over lately for um, uh, kind of more or less just chats. I showed her how to, how the welder works last time she was by. I gave her a little bit of a introduction to the welder because she's interested in going to school for welding. So giving her a little bit of a uh, 
introduction to the welding world and the blacksmithing world as well because uh once she learned what blacksmithing was all about she's like well hey that falls in line with directly where i want to go in life so uh, tell me about that too so there, yeah that's that's been my life for the last couple weeks you've been getting a lot of love on the uh work for it podcast lately yeah ben butler was basically saying the same thing that you just did about how your your family was saying you know producing stuff um so yeah. we're all we're all noticing and I don't want to, you know, like, well, screw it. I'm, I'm going to compliment you on your on your roses that you were putting out the other day. Um, Thank you. You posted some pictures of uh, blacksmith roses are fairly, I would say, fairly common. Um, it's a thing that a lot of people right. like to make. Um, and there are certain people that have attitudes about that that I don't really care for um, about, you know, the purpose of them and, and, and et cetera. But I have always really liked just the, the artistic aspect of it. You can, you can recreate something like that in metal. And I, I got to say, man, those roses that you posted that you made, they have to be the best, most oh. natural looking, most incredible roses I've oh. ever seen for. Holy shit, buddy. <laughs> That's uh woo. Yeah, man. I, and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just a stupid, you know, knife maker. But like, I, I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, and I see a lot of people's work. But those uh, were some of the most amazing I've ever seen. Yeah, look at that. Thanks, that man. one, right there. That's that's one of my latest ones. Yeah, it's a it's fucking just, work of art out of car, just out of incredible copper. work, man. So oh, well done thank with you. that. I wanted to ask, um, with that arbor, you're talking about doing other kinds of flowers. What what other kind of flowers are you thinking about doing? Um, I love I love lilies. Those are one that uh, I've done a little bit of work towards lilies, but not nearly enough. Um, orchids is actually something that I've got on the table right now. I've got a couple orchids that I've been working on that... <laughs> Awesome. So, so that the, one of the things that I, I fall into um, a a, blo- a mental block with all of that is is w- these flaw these different flowers don't necessarily go together in nature, right? And right, right. that's where I'm really kind of looking at this arbor and going like, how do I make this natural? You know, I want there to be roses on it because my roses are coming along very well, but roses and orchids you don't see those together in nature, right? So uh, a hibiscus is one that I would really like to learn how to make. I haven't taken a stab at that yet. A hibiscus and orchids can go great together. And then in the sense of roses, I'd like to start getting into doing um, oak leaves is one of the things that's really hot on my list that I haven't taken a stab at yet. And uh, add in stuff like um, acorns, um, just natural leaves that you would find from your, um, your your poplar trees, your maple trees, ash trees, stuff North American is North American esque style floral design essentially versus getting into um, something that's more you know Caribbean like or whatever. But I, right. I, I have gravitations to both, man. But to mix the two into one project, I'm just like, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't know. Yeah, I feel I fully appreciate that you're taking that aspect towards it because I I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of doing orchids. I feel like that would I, I'm sure you could make that look incredible. Um, have you considered uh, like a a peony type flower because those would go well with roses. Um, 
yeah no i i've done a i have done something that looks very similar to a peony but that's i don't know man there's there's certain flowers that i look at and i just for some reason have more of a gravitation towards certain flowers and the peony for me is always been one that it's kind of like your grandma's flower almost and it just it doesn't oh. strike me. Yeah, I apologize if I'm hitting a the chord there for you, bud. I, but... Oh, no, it's fine. It's, it's it's my wife's favorite flower, so it's the only reason why it came up in my head. Okay, she has, okay. She has a whole garden dedicated to peonies, and uh, I definitely see where you're coming from, um, but there are so many varieties. Um, I'm sure you, you could come up with something that would work, but I've, I'm not trying to push you in any certain way, so don't. Nope. I hope that doesn't come across. No, by all means, I love getting other people's inputs on things. Um, I think if you just if you don't pay attention to what other people have to say, you're you're pigeonholing yourself into into a stressful situation of trying to figure out what it is that you that you really want. Whereas if you start taking as what we do as artists, right? We look at what it is in this world that strikes us as as brilliance and and we start to gravitate towards either this or that and we we pick and choose what it is that we love as artists and put that into into our work and and this is something that came up on the podcast before artists will base their artists off of previous art and it only goes to a certain point so far where eventually it just comes full circle and we're all basing our art off of each other Whereas if you're basing it off of nature, you're not basing it off of previous art, but nature only goes so far too. So eventually you're just like kind of being left with creating the same stuff over and over again. And as an artist, I, I struggle with that, man. I don't know how to, how to put that properly, but no, I I think I get where you're coming from. You, 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 you struggle with basically coming up with, you know, the same thing, but in more of a, a circular fashion, you know, you end up, you know, you take inspiration here and there, and then you end up in the same place where you, whereas you were trying to get somewhere different. So yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I had one of those moments today where you see somebody else's work and you're like, wow, like my work fucking sucks <laughs> compared, to, <laughs> compared to what that guy's doing. Uh, biting it's B I D I N G E R knives. It's Dan Bittinger. I don't know. I don't know if Bittinger, I'm saying it right. Yeah. He, Bittinger. He's Washington. He put out, it's a chef knife, like, you know, style. We all make blade shape, but where my fuller is, or my diamond grind is, he put three fullers mm-hmm. side by side. I saw that and knife. Yes. I saw that. And I was like, my knives are trash. Can, oh my fucking God. That is amazing. Makes me want a fullering attachment. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Cause I do my fullers. I'll put in the hollow for like a diamond and then I'll flat grind over it. Right. So I'm not using like a fullering attachment. And yeah, that's. Yeah, that was an incredible blade. I, I definitely saw that one. Yeah, I follow him and his his work is incredibly clean. You want to talk about just clean looking work? He's got it. I'm just trying, I'm trying to, to f- bring him up real quick here so I can see. I guess I don't. uh Guess I don't follow him. How, how do you spell his awesome. last name again? I just sent it to you in, in on Instagram. Oh, okay. Speaking of Instagram, I posted a reel the other day. So, oh. uh, I I was just 
this this whole week has just been like a Monday flavored week. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's been it's been what it's just been stressful. Um, and one of the days I don't even remember which day I think it was Wednesday. It was just a shit show of a day, and I was just stressed. And like work has just been really tough lately. Mm. And so I came home and I was like, all right, well, I need to get myself in a better mindset. And so I went out to do some forging. And I was like, well, I haven't posted in a while. I'll just take a quick video of me forging and I'll post this reel up. And some people took that as an opportunity to let me know how I needed to hold my hammer. Mm. And I just want to say I, I appreciate everyone out there looking out for my thumb. Because I wasn't looking out for my thumb and everyone else was. And, you know, in, in the 20 minutes that I was forging, I could have done serious damage to my thumb uh, by holding it on the handle hammer, the hander, hammer handle a certain way. So to all of you, uh, armchair, uh, blacksmiths out there, I I just want to say thank you. Because I didn't know how to hold a hammer before, but now I do. And, um, you know, I don't want to name any names, anything like that. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but, uh, just, you know, thank you to everyone out there for educating me. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why I post reels. I mean, that's why I post reels is so that people can, can tell me how to do what I'm doing. I mean, that's, that's really the only reason. So uh, I just want to <laughs> sh- share some love and appreciation to to all of you out there. Cause it wasn't just one person. There was multiple people. And I mean, that many people cared about my thumb that much. And I really appreciated that. So um, huge shout out to, to anybody who might not, or who may or may not be. <laughs> and, and, and who may or may not have then posted their own reel about how to properly hold a hammer because that would just be incredible. I mean, taking that much care and time out of their day to, to verify that I knew the right way to hold a freaking hammer. That's amazing. I I'm, love it. Thank you so much. I'm getting extremely confused at the moment. I but, am too, but uh, I, I also feel it on a certain level. Cause I had that, I was grinding a very dangerous way for a while. And I almost had like an intervention from the community. I was was posting reels of me me pinching the blade to the platen with my fingers around the back of the platen. And I had probably 15 people message me asking me not to do that anymore because they want to see me have hands. And then I had probably an equal amount of people messaging me telling me that's totally fine. Don't be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Greatness. Yeah, no, basically, I, I, you know, I was, I was holding the hammer in a certain way. I was doing like some really fine finesse work, trying to, trying to tune up the shape of this blade and had my thumb on the back of the hammer. Oh, um, never, never do that. Come on now. You know better than to do that, Noah. I know. Uh, yeah. I was just trying to relax after a really long and difficult day and yeah. I was really enjoying what I was doing. So I wasn't paying attention, but I was really, you know, I had my thumb there because I was making very deliberate strikes with the hammer, trying to tune up the shape of this blade. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, there was some people out there that wanted to let me know not to do that. And I, you know, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. It's a good thing. We've got people like that in the community looking out for us. Yes. Yes. So, um, and, and like I said, even to go so far as to post a reel and tag me, letting me know the, the correct way to hold a hammer, 
Um, I didn't see any of the that I know. Yes. I mean, uh, I don't, I didn't, did I name names? I didn't mean to. Um, Several times. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. So there, there's going to be a, uh, at at blade show this year. If I, if I happen to make it there, we're going to, there's going to be a thumb war, uh, because I, I informed the individual that the reason that I was holding the hammer like that was because I didn't have bitch ass little thumbs like he did. Um, <laughs> and my hands, my, my thumbs were actually made out of steel. Um, so that wasn't an issue for me. Uh, so uh, a thumb war has been declared. So, you are a mechanic. Exactly. So I mean, I, I mean, as a fellow mechanic, I understand the nature of strength in your hands that you need to have. To fuck, even to pick a battery up out of the battery box with your fingers, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hand strength is not an issue for me. I think the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, though, the uh, idea of not holding your thumb on the back of the hammer isn't necessarily actual d- directive just to your thumb, but it actually, the th- because it's the tendon that your thumb's attached to within your arm travels up to your elbow that holding your thumb on top of the handle like that can actually cause a lot of stress on that tendon within your arm. And that's what you have to watch out for. It's not a big deal to do it occasionally, like what you're saying for getting in there for fine hammer work. But if you're swinging a hammer like that all day, you're going to fuck up your arm. Yeah. And I could totally see that. And, and I, you know, I don't know a ton. I've never, you know, taken any formal uh, classes, but um, in the, you know, learning that I have done the way that I hold my hammer on a, on a regular basis is the way that, um, Jason Knight has explained how to do it. Um, there you go. which is not generally with your thumb on the back of the hammer, but again, it was, you know, 10, 20 seconds that I was happened to be forging in that, that period of time where I happened to film myself doing it. So that was my mistake. I, hey man, I'll, I've, I've done it lots before too, in the past with like exactly like what you're saying, where you want to do some fine hammer control You'll hold on to the hammer like that. Yep. And I never will again. Now I've been corrected. So never it's all again. Good now. I don't know. Ne- never oh, ne- again. never again. No, I, I couldn't possibly. I've been, I've, I've been told very specifically how I need to hold a hammer. And so even when nobody's watching, I will never hold a hammer like that. It's, again. it's a, I'm glad you've learned your lesson. I have. I yeah, have. Okay. I have, I have been, I have been told. You know, and because so. if you had, if you hadn't, I'd, I'd be willing to come down there and slap your wrist for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank anytime, you. buddy. Anytime. And, and there, there are other people out there that are willing to verbally slap my wrist as well. I, I'd be willing to do it via keyboard as well. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> See, this whole thing means so much to me. Do you want me to go in and beep out where you said his name? Oh hell no! Oh, okay. No, that was that was, that was very intentional. <laughs> I, I I genuinely did not see any of this transpire. This is all news to me, and I don't know who <laughs> that could not be his real name. Possibly, no one knew. the The war I has not done. The war. Oh has my no, god! No. As soon as he posted that reel, as soon as he posted that reel, I was like, "Oh, we're going there now, huh?" And he goes, "Uh oh, I feel like I just made a mistake." And I was like, "Oh, I guess we'll find out." You just mouthed off to somebody that has a podcast, so all bets oh. are off, bud. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, kind of interesting that, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Instagram game either. Something really strange happened with me on Instagram is I'm, do you guys know who Full Steam Design is? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's got a podcast that he's part of as well, right? 
Yeah. What, what's their podcast? I can't remember it off. Uh, of I, top I don't of my remember off the top of my head, but yeah, um, I, I know he does. It's not Working Hands podcast. It's something else. But anyways, he posted a, re- a, a silly reel of him using um, a micrometer as his welding clamp. Oh, I saw that. That was funny. Yeah. That was funny. Right. It was a funny fucking video. And I posted on there saying like, holy shit, somebody's got the same clamp as me. Hey, do you have any idea what those numbers are for on it? <laughs> <laughs> that comment has gotten like 460 likes, dude. It's because it's oh. funny. I, I haven't gotten that many likes on any single fucking video, let alone a fucking comment on somebody else's post. Oh, <laughs> that's glorious. Fuck? Give me the love, you guys. What the hell? Oh, I love that. That's so great. <laughs> what what kind uh, – I know you spoke about this before, Noah. You hit like you know the 20,000 mark or something around there on one of your videos. What What's the highest number you've seen so far? Uh, I think it's like 21, 22,000 is the most I've ever seen on a reel. What about yourself, Ryan? Uh, let me look. Actually, I think it's the Joe Rogan one where I'm I shave my leg. That it is. Um, but it's not that high. I think it's like 10 and a half. No shit. So really? I try to I figure think- it out. Like, you know, like some, I feel like some of the stuff I've posted, I'm like, dude, that should have been like way more views. And then ones that get a ton of views, I'm like, really? For what? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any it's, sense. I think it's random when it hits the algorithm. Cause like, so yeah. going through the most recent reel I posted, I've got 488, 407, 4,248, 3,373, 500, 200, 300, 400, 300, 500, 400, 500, 300, 4,000, yeah. 300, 600, 9,000. It's just like like uh, so, that nine. What that do you guys have? One. What do you guys at for followers? I'm at s- almost seventeen hundred. Nice, good for you, buddy. I'm yeah, most most of that was the Rogan bump. I grew like eight hundred. And Noah, real quick. I, you, I've got thirteen hundred. Thir- good, good. Yeah, yeah, you guys are doing good, man. That's strong. I think I just uh, I just breached fifteen hundred the other day. At the most I've got on any of my reels, I got one that hit uh, almost 40K. Uh, oh, nice. It was a simple of me hammering something on a sharp edge to break a piece of metal, and it freaking exploded. Whereas, like like you're saying, for the most part, it's like a hundred, a few hundred here, a few hundred there. Some will hit a couple thousand or whatever. But it's like that one that hit almost 40K being as simple as it was versus some of the other ones where I'm like, you know, giving shop advice and stuff like that. It's like, how, how are, how are those videos? Maybe it's, you know, because it's in English or something. Cause I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but a lot of the times like that, that one that hit for almost 40,000, the people that were liking that, I was like, these aren't English names for sure. This is coming from yeah. like Uzbekistan or something like what, you know, like what the yeah. hell, right? Right. Um, I think it was, I can't remember who it was that I was talking. Oh no, I wasn't talking. I, was, I think I was listening to, it might've actually been your podcast. Um, it might've been Dennis that was talking about the way that the, the YouTube algorithm works. Um, it pushes it out to your followers first. Right. Yeah. And then based on how your followers interact with it, it then decides how it's going to push it out to the rest of the users. So I, I thought about that. I was like, I wonder if that's kind of how Instagram works as well. Because if I post a reel, 
the first people that I see that, you know, like it or comment on it are always my followers. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it'll go further than that. And sometimes it won't. And You're I wonder right. if it just has something to do with the speed with which your followers see it and interact or don't interact with it. I'm not sure. Hmm. I've tried figuring out if it's like uh, what I do after I post it. So like I've, I've tried. I've noticed there's something there too, man. I've like, tried like as soon as I post it, I save it to my phone, post it to stories, and then I hit insights before I ever watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I back out and I find that like and uh, what time you post it. Like if yeah. I post a reel at, at 2 a.m. on the dot, I almost guarantee it's going to blow up immediately. Really? At least at least to a couple thousand. See, this, that's a weird thing because Brian House has talked about it so many times about making sure you post during your daytime hours because that's when your crowd is going to be most prevalent. And that rolls over to what you were saying, Noah, about your crowd hitting it first, right? Yeah. If that's the case, I don't know. That's right. pure conjecture on my part. Right. I have no idea how the algorithm works. I just but know I that it wants like, to see reels, so I make I, reels. I feel like our crowd, if we post during the day, most of us are at work. Yeah, yeah, that's not, true. Are you trying to tell and, me you're not on your phone all day at work, bud? I mean, my yeah. work's a little different. I'm a paper bitch now. So now <laughs> you're really on your phone all day long. <laughs> YouTube, man. Yeah. YouTube. You're, you're, I, not in, you're not in between. Uh, you're not on your phone in between freaking greasy fingers. You're just on it all day. Yeah. <laughs> I tried talking my boss into getting YouTube premium so I don't have to watch ads at work. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, oh, man. But uh, back to the Rogan reel, that's the highest one I've got. And it's interesting because on my page, he posts a direct he posts a direct link to my page on his post. My post has ten point seven thousand. His post has four point nine million. Hmm. Like, I feel like I feel like my number should be higher. Like you wouldn't think that that smaller percentage is just like doom scrolling over Rogan. But I mean, maybe they are. I guess. I don't know. Think about how many times do you see a post that was, you know, by somebody you follow and then you actually click through to, you know, the person that they shared it from. True. Not very often. I mean, if it's, you know, something that I see that's like, Oh, somebody shared this, you know, like whether it's one of the abrasive companies that I follow or something like that. You know, oh, that's that's incredible work. I want to see who made that, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, we'll, boys, do we have we'll anything else we want to talk about uh, before we close this sucker down? Yeah, we got one more sponsor to shout out. Let's do it. We saved Maritime Knife Supply for last. Oh, Best for last. That's my buddy. Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Nice. Absolutely. We love Lawrence. We all order from him constantly. And, uh, in fact, Lando and I have the same sweatshirt. Rocking that one. Yeah. I just I ordered two of them recently because the last one that I ordered, I found myself wearing it so damn much and it got so dirty. I was like, I'm just going to order two of them so that I've got a 
another one ready to go when this one gets yep. too dirty. That's yeah. the way to go. I'll have to get another one next time I order from him. Yeah, it won't be too long, I'm sure. Damn good deal, man. What was it, 30 or $35 for a hoodie? Like, whew, yeah. that's pretty good. Crazy. That's right. A lot of places, it's 60 bucks. Yeah. And that's oh. can- Canadian dollars, dude. Oh, so that's only like 25 US. Yeah, it was, it was like pretty that. inexpensive. I remember that. So, anyways, guys, I got a hard out. So, um, Lando, we really appreciate you coming on today, man. That was a uh, pretty short notice and you just jumped right at it. So, we really appreciate that and you helping us out with our new segment and everything. <laughs> um, be, you'll actually be back on soon, too. Oh, you're going to do that? You're going to bring me back on for a second one, too? Holy yeah. shit. Holy fuck. I'm down, dude. You're scheduled for the 29th, so not next week, but the week after. The 29th? You guys are going to get a double dose of Lando. Cool. Did you forget? I I didn't think it was the 29th for some reason, but that works for me, man. It'll work out. All right, cool. Because that's what I got you under is the 29th. And then, so next week is going to be Tobias Hangler. We might have to talk about that 29th date. I don't know why, but I thought it was a different, I thought it was the 12th or something like that of February. Oh, wait, 20, 29th of January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. We're down. I'm down. Sorry, dude. All right, I was we'll thinking 29th of February. That's my wife's birthday, so. And then uh, I'm trying to find Justin Lamaru is coming on March 5th. Oh, are you bringing that hose head on? <laughs> uh, why not? Who's, who's, on, who's all on the Forsyth chat now? It's Alaska you want to well Justin's still doing it with us occasionally. Um Nick Verbray has been our co-host lately. He's got to take a little bit of a break coming up soon here. Um and uh Steve Cornelson's still kind of hanging out with us occasionally here, trying to find his way in through things through his busy schedule. But yeah, we're working cool. on it. Everybody go check out the Forge side chat if you don't already. But all right. It's been another good one. Thanks, Lando. Yeah. For sure, guys. We'll Take see care. you soon. Take off, eh? <laughs> Everybody have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.